Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Brawley, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org, or simply download the CCCIV app, you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977 we're about to be led by the spirit of god to a new place again put yourself in the israelite shoes the scripture says that they were they were led by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night and they could go out, maybe they set, settled camp for a little while, but when it was time to move on, these trumpets would be blasted and the people would come and they would gather together and they would follow the Lord's spirit. They would follow the call of God, right? What a beautiful picture here that we have of this trumpet being blasted. Why is this so important? Because the Feast of Trumpets is not only to look back in remembrance, it's to look forward to the rapture. That when that trumpet sounds, what's going to happen? God is going to gather his people. What is the rapture, you might be asking? Maybe you've never heard of that word, the rapture, before. The rapture is that moment where God takes his children, who gathers together the church, removes them from the earth, even before tasting death. He removes them from the earth in order to pour out his wrath on an unbelieving world in, in need of judgment. That is what the rapture is. And these Feasts of trumpets, these trumpets being blasted are to remind the people that God is going to take the church. He's going to remove you and you need to be ready to be gathered together and to follow where his spirit leads. I wonder if you would hear that blast today if that blast were to occur right now. So what is the rapture? That's what the rapture is. How will the rapture occur? If you have your Bibles or your app open, I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 with me. And the first thing you're going to see is that the rapture is going to occur with the trump of God, with the trumpet sounding. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. There's that word again. Something that used to be hidden, but now has been made revealed. Now it's been made known. I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or not all die, but we shall all be changed. The word changed means to be changed in nature. We're not going to be the same after this happens. We shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed, for this perishable bo body must put on the imperishable, this mortal body must put on immortality. Think about that just for a second. This trumpet will sound in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. They say that a, a blink of an eye takes four hundredth of a millisecond. That's how quick the blinking of an eye is. The twinkling of an eye is about one billionth of a second because a, a twinkle is a reflection of light in the eye and, and light travels at almost a billion feet per second. That's how quickly this will happen in a moment. There won't be time for you to go back into change or to gather anything up or to give anyone warning. It's going, the trumpet will blast and immediately you will be in the presence of God. That's how it will happen. With the last trump of God, it says, 
On the day of trumpets, the Feast of Trumpets, the Israelites would gather and they would blow the shofar, blow the trumpet a hundred times. And on the hundredth time, it would be a long, steady blast, the loudest of all the blasts. And it was to be the blast to end all blasts, the blowing of the trumpet to end all blowing of trumpets. At that last trump, the dead in Christ will be raised. At that very last trump, we will be changed and things will happen. Now, I want to remind you, again, the reason for that trump, the reason for that trumpet being sounded for the children of Israel was to gather them together at camp. And they would come to gather together at camp when those silver trumpets were blown. And they would set off together. Jesus said this when he came into Jerusalem, declaring himself the Messiah. He says, he weeps over Jerusalem and says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you always slay the prophets and you kill those that God has sent to you. If you only could understand how often I've desired to gather you together as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were not ready. I've wanted to gather you. I can tell you as my children grow older, that I want more than anything those moments where I can gather my children together, whether it's around the table or in the family room or the living room. They get older and they get more independent and they have their own friends and they have their own lives and it stinks as a parent, right? Any moment I can get to gather my children back together again around the rest of the, with the whole family together, I will take that opportunity. This is what Jesus says. I wished, I wanted to gather my people together, but you weren't ready for me. You weren't ready for me, right? You weren't ready for this great gathering. You weren't ready for me to, to have this moment and this opportunity with you. You could have been ready, but you were not. Now listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus there is talking about uh, a parable where the, the farmer had this incredible land, this incredible crop, and he, he sowed wheat, he sowed good seed, but his enemy came at night when the farmer slumbered, and he sowed tares or weeds among the wheat, and so when it began to grow, those who worked for the farmer said, should we go ahead and, and, and just plow the field or, or what should we do? And he says, no, let everything mature together. And in the last time, when everything is matured, when all of it is grown, I'll be able to tell the difference between the wheat and the weeds. And I'll gather the weeds to be burned, but I'll gather the wheat into my barn. I will take the wheat with me. Listen to what it says in Matthew chapter 24. Jesus says this. He says, they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, with the blast of the shofar, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. He will gather his people together with the call, just like what used to happen in Israel, in the, in the wandering, in the exodus. He will gather his people once more. Now, if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to turn with me to 2 Thessalonians. And speaking of this gathering, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And here Paul elaborates on this gathering some. And I hope that this really kind of sinks in for you here. It says, now concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to him. Again, the trumpet will blast. We will be gathered with the Lord. We ask you, brothers... Not to be quickly shaken in mind or alarmed either by a spirit or a spoken word or a letter seeming to be from one of us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. Some people had said, you've missed it. Jesus has already returned and you missed it. And so people's hearts were heavy. They were afraid that they had missed the return of Christ. So he says, don't listen to those people. Now read on. Let no one deceive you in any way for that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first 
and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction. This is speaking of the Antichrist. Now, this word rebellion is very important, and we need to park here just for a moment. In the Greek, the word is apostasia, which is the word where we get the word apostasy from. Okay? Now, Greek scholars ha- have taken this word, and the word in, in Greek literally means a departure. And they've actually written into some of our texts, like some of your versions maybe say falling away, some of your versions say departure or departure from the faith. They've taken what should have been just a translation, and they've given their interpretation into this word. Really, the word literally, apostasia, literally means a departure. So there's a conflict amongst Bible scholars. Some people say, well, you see, the church in these days is going to turn their backs on God and turn away from the Lord, and then the the Antichrist will be revealed. But others say, no, that word is not speaking of a departure from the faith. That word is just speaking about the departure. When the gathering of saints comes together, the gathering of of the church, when the trumpet is blown, then the departure will happen. We will be taken to the Lord. We will be raptured into his presence. Are you following me? Now check this out. Look at when the rebellion comes first, the man of lawlessness is to be revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself against every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, proclaiming himself to be God. Do you not remember that when I was with you, I told you these things and you know what is restraining him now, now so that he may, it may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of the lawlessness is already at work, and only he who restrains it will do so until he is out of the way. What that's speaking of, the one that restrains the lawless one from coming, the one that restrains the Antichrist, is the Spirit of God within the Church of Christ still here on earth. The lawless one, the Antichrist, will not be revealed until that which restrains or is holding back the flood of God's wrath is removed. And that's God's spirit dwelling within the church. When that church is taken, then God will pour out his wrath on an unbelieving world. And so if you want to avoid the the wrath of God, the wrath of a holy God, you need to make sure that you are ready when the trumpet blasts. You need to make sure that you come from wherever you're at, wherever you've been camped, and you come to the camp of the Lord, and you follow his spirit as he leads you on. That happens when the saints gather together at the last trump of God. We must be prepared to hear that shout from the Lord if we want to escape the judgment that is to come. Right? So how does this happen? It happens with the trump. It happens, secondly, I want you to see this by turning to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. So it happens with this trump of God, but it also happens as believers are caught up. We find this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, Paul writes. We don't want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as those who have no hope. He says, I want you to have hope. I don't want you to grieve that you've lost people who are, de- who are dead. There's a hope. There's something better to come, right? He goes on, for, verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by word from the Lord, that we who are alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry with a shout, with a teruah, right? He will descend with that cry of the command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, then we who are alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. 
that trumpet will sound and those who are in Christ, those who are part of the church, those who are a part of the true bride will be gathered together. They'll be ready for that blast of the trumpet. They will be ready for that shout of God and they will be caught up. In the Greek, it's harpazo. It means to be seized or to be snatched or to be taken away by force. They will be caught away by God's spirit. This is where we get the word rapture from. The word rapture is not found in, in the Greek text. We get the word from the Latin translation of the Bible, and, and there the word rapirie is there, and it's a tr we translate that word into rapture in English. That's why we have the word rapture. But in Greek, it is harpazo. It's the snatching. It's the seizing. It's the rescuing of God's people. We who remain when the Lord comes will meet the Lord in the clouds of the air. Just as Jesus came the first time in two parts in his first coming, he came as a child and walked as a man. That was the first part of his first coming. The second part of his first coming was he was resurrected and he took on a resurrected body. In the same sense, Jesus' second coming will be in two parts. The first part, he will come and he will enter our atmosphere. We will meet him in the clouds of the air. And the second part of his second coming is when he comes on a white charger, a white horse with the armies of heaven to judge an unbelieving world in Revelation 19. How do you want to meet the Lord in his second coming? Do you want to meet him in the clouds of the air? Or do you want to meet him as he judges with the sword from his mouth and he strikes down the nations and the blood fills the earth? Because it all depends upon whether or not you're a part of the church today. You're a part of the bride of Christ. So how will it happen? So what is the rapture? We've answered that. How will it occur with the trump and believers will be snatched up? We've answered that. When will it occur? We're going to answer that next. And this is what Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3. He says, remember then, that as you've received and heard, keep it and repent. You will not wake up. Uh, if you will not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I'm coming against you. I'm going to come like a thief in the night, he says in Revelation chapter 3. Look at Revelation chapter 16. Behold, I'm coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, so that he may not be naked in the time when, and be exposed at the time of my return. Are you ready? Are you awake? Are you alert? The scripture says that we should watch and pray. To be prepared for the coming of the Lord. It's going to happen like a thief comes into the night. It's also going to happen at an hour you do not expect. Read Matthew chapter 24 on your screen. Jesus says, therefore, stay awake. You do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But you know this, that if the master of the house had known at what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Verse 44, listen. Therefore... You must also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. The Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. I told you earlier that this, this seasons and these times being determined by the moon and the sun, that this would be important. And here's where it comes into play. Because this feast, it was prescribed to be on the, the first day of the seventh month of the religious calendar. It marked the beginning of the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah, head of the year, but it was also to take place, according to Numbers chapter 29, on the new moon. The new moon is that time where you can't see the moon. There's no moon. It's because the, the, the moon is actually in between the earth and the sun, and so there's nothing for the moon to reflect of the sun's light. It's actually reflecting it right back at the sun. So we see none of the moon during those days. It, back in these days when the Jews were worshiping, there was no way to ascertain when this actually took place. Because to the naked eye, you can't tell when that moment happens. When, when the planet, the sun, and the moon are aligned perfectly, you can't tell with the naked eye when that takes place. 
So they began to worship this feast on two days because they wanted to make sure they got it right. The rabbis actually taught about this and spoke about this feast being the day or the feast upon which no one knows the day or the hour. Think about that just for a second. The rabbis spoke about this feast, the Feast of Trumpets, as the day in which no one knew the day or the hour. They called it Yom Hekasa, which literally means the hidden day. Why is that important? Because Jesus says this in Mark chapter 13. He says, but concerning that day or that hour, concerning my return, concerning my return, Jesus says, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Concerning the day and the hour, no one knows. It's my belief and my conviction that in this text, Jesus is making reference to the Feast of Trumpets. He's saying it's going to happen at the Feast of Trumpets, the feast that you call, the feast that you refer to as the hidden feast, the feast where no one knows the day or the hour, that is when I will return. Now, are you ready? Again, this is going to be happening this week, the 18th through the 20th, and I can't tell you the year that it will happen, but I'm convinced I'm confident that because Jesus fulfilled the four spring feasts with his first coming, he will fulfill the three fall feasts with his second coming. And the first one of those to be fulfilled happens this week. Bride, are you ready? When will it happen? It'll come like a thief in the night. When will it happen? At a day and hour that no one knows but only the Father. At the hidden day. The day that it, the feast that is hidden from everyone else. So we, we look back and, and we remember, we look forward to the rapture. The third thing I want you to write down here is we're looking within for readiness. I want you to know, I want you to, to, to weigh your heart this morning. Are you ready to see the Lord? Who is the one that gets to stand in the presence of God? Who is the one that will be a part of this great gathering? Who is the one that will be called up to meet the Lord in the air? Who is the one that will respond to the trumpet blast and that shout of God? Who is the one that will show up and be taken into God's glory when he comes in his second coming. I want you to see this here. There are types throughout the scripture. Types of people who are types for us. Pictures of what it would mean to enter the rapture. To be a part of the rapture. The first one we see is a man by the name of Enoch. You can find this in, in Genesis chapter 5. It says of Enoch, Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Enoch didn't die. He didn't taste death. He just says that Enoch walked with God and God elected to take him. Now, that, that verb there, to walk, it means to accompany. It means to walk hand in hand with, to come near to and to follow. Enoch followed God, and because Enoch followed or walked with God, God took him. And again, the language is very similar. In the Hebrew, it's lake, which means to seize, to lay hold of, to snatch by force, or to take as a wife. Enoch walked so closely with God that God just elected to just take him into his presence, a picture of the rapture. Who's the one who will be able to be taken? It's the one who walks with God. Are you walking with God today? You know who else the scripture says walked with God? is a man by the name of Noah. Noah also is a picture of the rapture because he was spared from the wrath of God because he went into the ark. He went into the safety just as he was instructed to build this ark, he went into that ark, and when God judged the earth with, with flood, he was spared in his whole family, right? He's a picture of the rapture because he was righteous, he walked with God, and he was spared that pain. 
Are you walking with God this morning? That's the first thing, to walk with God. The second person who will be able to participate in this rapture is the one who stands with God. Look at the story of Moses. In Exodus chapter 3, Moses sees this burning bush. There's this bush that is on fire, but it's not being consumed. And this puzzles Moses. And so he turns aside to look at what's going on. He sees this bush that is not being consumed. And from the bush, a voice speaks out to Noah and says, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. The word stand in the Hebrew literally means to present yourself as an offering before another. Who's the one? Who will be taken in the rapture? It's the one who has laid down their life for the Lord. It's the one who has surrendered in complete worship and adoration and thanksgiving for what God has done. He's laid down their life. Who else does the scripture say uh, walked or uh, stood with the Lord? Again, Moses is a picture of the rapture because he went up to the top of Mount Sinai and he communed with the Lord while all the children of Israel stayed down below. He's a picture of being taken up into the clouds. He's a picture of the rapture. The other person who, who in the same sense, stood with God is Elijah. Look at Elijah's story, 1 Kings chapter 17. Elijah says, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except for, for my word. I stand before God. I bow before the Lord. I offer myself up for God. I, I'm his sacrifice. I give my life in sacrifice to the Lord, Elijah says. And here's the man, Elijah, who didn't taste death. He was taken up by heavenly chariots into the presence of God as his young protege, Elisha, looked on. A picture of those who will be taken in the rapture. Are you walking with God today? Are you standing with God today? Another picture we have in the scripture of the rapture is the Apostle John. And in Revelation, he's taken up and he gets this, this incredible vision. He's given this vision of what's going to unfold in the last days. The great unveiling of what will happen in the end of times. He's a picture of the church being taken. And he watches from above all that transpires on the world. He's a picture of the church watching judgment being poured out. And this is what John says in John chapter 1, verse 17. When I saw him, speaking of Jesus, I fell at his feet as though dead. And the word to fall there, it, falling at his feet, means to prostrate yourself before the Lord. It means to be completely undone and destroyed in spirit because you understand how, how petty you are and how sinful you are, and how wicked you are, and how holy Jesus is. Who will be taken in the rapture? It's the one that walks with God, and stands with God, and bows before God. I wonder where you're at this morning. If we had continued on in our text in Romans this week, this text would have come up in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I beg you, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. You have a duty to bring back this life that God has purchased. He bought you with a price. The price was the pure blood of Jesus Christ. He bought you with a price, and it is now your duty to come back and to offer yourself back up as a living sacrifice, to fall down as dead before him, I'm not worthy, to lay yourself down upon his altar and say, this life I live, I now live for you. Are you walking with the Lord? Are you standing with God? Are you bowing before his feet? Because this is what Jesus said. And I want you to listen to this carefully. Luke chapter 21. Jesus says, 
take heed to yourselves. Be careful. Be careful, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, partying, with drunkenness, with the cares of this life, with mortgages and bills and jobs and careers and education and responsibility and sports and politics. Be careful that your heart isn't distracted and weighed down with all of the cares of this life. And that that day, the day the trumpet blasts, the day of the shout of God, that that day should come upon you unexpectedly because you were distracted by life. Thanks for joining us today for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. The church office is open Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at 590 West Orange Avenue in El Centro, or call 760-337-9400 for information or for prayer. Christ Community Church has three campuses in El Centro, Raleigh, and Calexico, plus a congregation in Spanish. As we navigate the end of the COVID-19 quarantine season and transition to in-person regathering, we encourage you to find up-to-date information about events and each campus's worship service schedule. When you follow us on social media, on our website at www.cccib.org or simply download the cccib app you'll find the direct link to the app at www.cccib.org forward slash get the app or when you text cccib app to 77977